Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Thursday edition of the program. A beautiful day out there for this Thursday. Glad to be with you here on the Big X. We do this show weekdays at 11 a.m. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. It seems like, as always, a lot of news to get to here as we open the show today. We've got some IU stuff. We've got a local headline with Jeffersonville, the girls' basketball team. It's a little surprising. A coaching change there as we prepare to get the high school season underway here in a few months. So it's been a really strange year locally as far as some of the high school stuff goes. So many late coaching fills and some key changes in the offseason a number of new guys new coaches here in the area and with school back and well into the fall sports season now you don't expect to see coaching changes at this time but that's what's happening for the Jeffersonville girls basketball team so we'll mention that today and uh, get into IU Louisville that's a big one coming up and uh, the more I read the tougher I do think this game will be for Indiana I think in the offseason And as we got the season underway, I thought this was a game Indiana uh, had a chance to win. I did not have it as one of my, I think, three wins that I picked for this Indiana football team this season. But I thought maybe they could get it. Maybe they could steal this one. This is one outside of the Big Ten games that are really tough that Indiana possibly could add to their win total. But I just don't know at this point what to expect on Saturday. My take is watching a little bit of Louisville, watching Indiana's two games so far, that Louisville is the better team by some distance. Not an Ohio State distance, not an upper echelon uh, you know, team distance, but definitely the better team. So we'll see what happens. But a fun game, and fans are into it, that's for sure. And uh, that's what you got to love about Indiana-Louisville, Indiana-Kentucky, Louisville-Kentucky, uh, Indiana-Purdue, anything in this area. That's why we're in such a great area for college sports. Um, It should be a must that regardless of what's going on in the world of conference changes and shakeups and regardless of all the things about scheduling and football and trying to find your best path to be be bowl eligible if you're a program like Louisville or Indiana, um, these teams should play. It's good for the local area. It's good for the local economy. It's good for just the local vibe with fans back and forth and uh, rivalries. It's what it's all about. And it's what makes high school stuff special still here, I think, in this area. So I wish that it was a mandate in at least major sports or maybe every sport, uh, the local teams here in our great region of college sports played each other. But unfortunately, that's not the case. And I thought this IU Louisville deal was going to become a series or at least a three-year deal. And as we talked earlier in the week, it's now down to just this one game. It went from three years to 
two years back, I think, in August, and now we're down to just this one game we found out a little earlier in the week. So take it in. Enjoy it. Uh, Lucas Oil Stadium is an awesome place to take in a game. Um, I've been there for a Colts game. I've been there for Final Four. Uh, I don't think I've, I've never been there I've, uh, for the IHSA football state championships, which is on my list to hit one day and check those out. And I don't think I've ever been there for a college game either, but a great place. And I know it's going to be a fun and festive environment, regardless of the Hoosiers performance in that game coming up on Saturday. The, let's look at the show lineup today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany segment one here in just a moment we'll have our Hoosier headlines a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news uh, IU unofficial visit this weekend we'll tell you about with an in-state player a couple things on Liam McNeely a big recruiting target of the Hoosiers there are new national player rankings out for the 24 class and uh, yesterday we were talking about how many big names Indiana is after, highly ranked guys. And so we'll go through some of those names and their new rankings here in just a bit as well. We'll talk about the Jeff Girls coaching situation, coaching change, and who's the favorite in the NCAA tournament this season. Well, the college coaches through CBS Sports, they uh, have an opportunity to make their uh, off-the-record pick, and we'll tell you who they have as the couple favorites in college basketball for the upcoming season. Uh, later in the show, Alex Bozich inside the hall. He's with us Thursdays, presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. And um, we'll talk a lot of things with Alex about upcoming season and recruiting. And there's just never a downtime with uh, IU basketball. So plenty to get to today. And we'll talk uh, all of those topics and more with Alex, presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. And then later in the show, Steve Kerberg, former coach in the area, great basketball guy. He's going to join us throughout the high school season, the basketball season, as we talk high school hoops on Thursdays with Steve. And uh, he's coming on again this week as we start to preview the season and talk about some of the uh, off-season things that coaches have to go through. Steve brings great experience. He was a former assistant coach at Jeff and New Albany as well. He spent some great years turning around the program at Christian Academy. And so he brings us a great perspective, not only knowledge of the game and passion for Southern Indiana basketball, but he can uh, give us those things through a coach's eyes. He's going to be a great asset to the program. He's a great friend, and uh, look forward to having him with us a little bit later in the show today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Uh, why not try out Honey Baked Ham today for a delicious lunch? They have great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily that will surely satisfy any craving you may have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. Let's get into our Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. A visit this weekend, an unofficial visit to the IU campus on Friday 
It's going to be six foot five shooting guard. His name is Braylon Mullins. He is in state at Greenfield Central. I believe that's to the east side of Indianapolis. He is number 94 nationally in the 2025 class, and he is known as a good shooter, as you would expect a shooting guard from Indiana to be. Got some length to him as well at six foot five. I think Indiana assistant coach Brian Walsh was with Mullins at Greenfield Central on Tuesday for a workout, an open gym before school, and now he's going to check out the IU campus again coming up on Friday. If you remember correctly, back in the summer, Mullins was just reaching high major status, I guess you could say. Uh, He had some scholarship offers from smaller schools, but since the summer, since he kind of has come onto the scene, he has offers from Power 5 programs like Notre Dame, Iowa, Virginia Tech, and he's had a lot of interest from Purdue, Cincinnati, Michigan, Illinois, Ohio State, Northwestern, Indiana, and other schools. He is set to take a slew of visits, Indiana, an official visit tomorrow, Illinois, a unofficial visit on Saturday. He'll be at Notre Dame later in September, Purdue in mid-October, back to Indiana October 20th for Hoosier Hysteria, and then the next day, October 21st, he's set to check out Cincinnati. So he's getting out there ahead of his junior year of high school basketball to get some visits in, and you could bet Indiana definitely a player. They have not, I don't believe, offered a scholarship at this point, but man, if you look at the list of schools recruiting Mullins and some of those that have offered him, he's got... Uh, gosh, I think a majority of the Big Ten Conference that uh, is looking at his game at this point. So six foot five—that's good size for a shooting guard, and he's still young, still a junior in high school. So if Indiana wants to move in, wants to up that recruitment, wants to give him a scholarship offer as he continues to improve, you got to believe Indiana in-state would be a major player for him as well. Uh, other recruiting notes: Adam Finkelstein—he's been a long-time national recruiting high school basketball guy, somebody that I really like and really respect. He updated, uh, or I should say 247 Sports updated their national player rankings uh, recently. And McNeely, uh, Liam McNeely, that is, uh, drew some really good comments from Finkelstein. Uh, He considers him one of the top 10 high school basketball players and college prospects in the country right now. So no surprise with that. He is uh, an outstanding player. Uh, and very versatile, somebody that is very coveted by a lot of schools, and we'll see if Indiana can get the job done. A lot of people think that Indiana will ultimately get a commitment from McNeely, but still a visit ahead from Texas. Kansas is making a play for McNeely as well. Uh, will be interesting, interesting to see how this one plays out, but I think a lot of people, if they had to, to make a bet, put a decision down, uh, they would go with Liam Neely to Indiana. We'll see how things play out there. Speaking of the national rankings, you know, we talk about how involved Indiana is with elite-level talent in this Mike Woodson era so far. And just as an example, the 2024 class, uh, here are players that Indiana has recruited. I think some they're more involved with than others at this point, but they've had a relationship with Dylan Harper, who is second in the country, according to these new rankings. Derek Queen was on campus. He's had junior and senior year official visits to Indiana. He's number 12 in the country. 
Asia Newell. He was on campus for a junior year visit. He's 13th in the country. McNeely, who a lot of people, again, think Indiana might be the slight favorite for, he has had junior and senior year official visits. He's number 15 in the country. Boogie Fland, he was at Indiana for a junior year official visit. Mike Woodson was in his home earlier this week. Boogie is, uh, a lot of people think, between Indiana and Kentucky for him. He is number 33 in the country. Jaden Mustaf, who made a decision, I believe, what, yesterday or the day before to Georgia Tech. He's 39th in the country. He had been to Indiana previously for a junior year official visit. Tyler Betsy, number 40 in the country, also had taken a junior year official visit. Anor Boateng, number 41 in the country from Little Rock. He's going to be on campus later in the fall. Curtis Givens, a senior year official visit. He was just on campus with McNeely and Queen. He's number 64 in the country. And then Travis Perry from down at Little Lion County in West Kentucky. He is 70th in the country. He's not been to Indiana, but Indiana has been involved with him. That's just 2024. Then you look at 25, and I'm not even going to go through all the names, but Indiana has offered and is recruiting the number two player in the country. They have offered and are recruiting the number three player in the class. They have had interactions with the four, number four player in the class. They've offered the seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth players in the class. By the way, the tenth player in the country in the 2025 class is in-state Jalen Harrelson, who we talk about a lot. They've recruited the 13th player. They've offered the 15th and 16th player, the 18th player, uh, as well with the scholarship offer, and that's just the top 20. If you go down through here, they've offered a couple in the 30s, three in the 40s. Indiana involved with a lot of guys. And I guess that is probably true for a lot of programs, but I can remember a time when Indiana did not have as wide a net as what they have right now and have had under Mike Woodson when it comes to recruiting and definitely haven't targeted, at least went after, made a play for, uh, got them on campus, uh, the top players in the country, and that is definitely happening under Mike Woodson. Now the next step is landing one or multiple of those type of players in a class or back-to-back classes, and that all of a sudden in college basketball these days with a good transfer portal class is how you go from being mediocre in the Big Ten to a Big Ten champion or maybe to a Final Four. That's the path forward, a mix of traditional recruiting and a great transfer portal class. So we'll see how things go. But Indiana, they are out there. They are active in the recruiting world with some of the best players in the country right now. Jeffersonville girls basketball, a new coach, at least on an interim basis, Taylor Sykes, former player at Jeffersonville, 2016 graduate of Jeff High School, she is going to take over effectively immediately for Corey Norman. Uh, Coach Norman's contract was ended at Tuesday night school board meeting, according to a story in the News and Tribune. So don't know all the backstory, but obviously anytime you get into September, you get into the school year and you have a coaching situation or a coaching change, it's never good for a program. But Taylor Sykes, someone that was an outstanding player for the Lady Devils, she was the JV coach for the girls program last year, also a varsity assistant. And she is going to take over the reins, at least for this season, it sounds like, for the Jeff girls basketball program. So a very interesting in-season, or I shouldn't say in-season, but in-school year move. And speaking of interesting moves or changes, 
Don Unruh, the former coach at New Albany many years ago and former AD, had a great career as the athletic director there. Uh, he is back at New Albany helping in the athletic office as there have been some shakeups there apparently according to another story in the News and Tribune yesterday as well. So interesting stuff going on here right in the middle of fall sports and with basketball season just around the corner. One interesting thing that I always look at CBS Sports and their website for Matt Norlander, Kyle Boone, some of the really good college basketball scribes out there, uh, they do this Candid Coaches series where they send out surveys on various topics about the coaching industry or about recruiting or about college basketball to a select number of head college coaches. I think sometimes they also include assistants. And obviously names are not ever used, schools are not ever used, but according to the coaches that they have solicited for their input, College basketball coaches believe that Kansas uh, will be the best team in the country by a fairly wide margin. If you look at the responses to their questionnaires, uh, then Michigan State and Kentucky would be next in line as far as national championship picks. Um, Connecticut, Purdue, UCLA also getting high marks as well. But Kansas, uh, I think that's who I would select as well at this point, the favorite to win March Madness, the favorite to be the best college basketball team in the country as we sit here in the middle of February. That's a look at our headlines on this Thursday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is open, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you have a question, a comment, a prediction on IU Louisville football, whatever you may want to send in, feel free to do so, 502 414 1450. We'll head to a commercial break. We are back with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. We'll talk IU hoops and recruiting. Coming up next and still ahead, Steve Kerberg on high school basketball and more. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Thursday edition of the program. Our chat each week with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall is brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, where you can save 25% during their pre-grand opening sale at all three locations. They've got two in downtown New Albany and their newest location on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. I was at their new location last night for the first time ever to check it out. Needed to get some stuff ordered dealt with Todd and his staff, outstanding service, quick turnaround, great selection there. Love the new store in Jeffersonville. So if you've not had an opportunity to check it out, make sure they're on Veterans Parkway. You head by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture 
definitely the right place to go for mattresses and furniture and so much more. Alex Bozich inside the hall with us Thursdays. Alex, recruiting is the name of the game right now, and it seems like each and every day we find out about a new scholarship offer or a new visit to campus or where the IU coaches have been at as far as watching practices and open gyms. This is a very busy time for recruiting in advance of official practices. Yes, it is, Matt. It's uh, you know we had the we had the big visit weekend last weekend, and now with the coaches being able to get back out on the road this week, uh, popping uh, around at events not just in the state but going out east as well, and I believe you'll have some visits uh, coming up as well the next several weekends uh, in Bloomington. As you mentioned, some new 2025 scholarship offers went out recently. It's hard to keep up with it all at some time at some point. And then uh, we got Indiana having their media day next week. So uh, the season getting a little bit closer, recruiting starting to heat up. And I think some Indiana fans are maybe a little bit apprehensive about 2024, given uh, the weekend that just transpired with the visits and, and no commitments yet. But I would just preach patience. And when you're recruiting guys that are you know ranked in the top 10 top 15 in the country it's very rare that somebody makes a commitment on a visit and or just uh you know ends the process immediately so gonna gonna have to be a little bit patient see how this all shakes out i think indiana's done a pretty good job with this class so so far but obviously if if uh you don't land a couple of commitments it's not going to be viewed as a success so a lot of pressure on the coaching staff to get some things done here in the next couple um weeks next couple months you know, it's so hard to know after official visits and after September and October uh, campus opportunities wrap up. Some guys go ahead and pull the trigger. They know where they want to go. They get it done before the start of their own high school basketball senior year. Other guys are more relaxed with it. They know they're good enough that they can wait as long as they need to and that the schools they are considering will still make that room, that scholarship offer available to them. But it does feel like as we get into what do you think? Mid-October, right before the time of Hoosier hysteria, that's when I think is maybe the most busiest time for commitments and signings. Is that the case? Yeah. Um, it's, it's harder to figure out with some of the, the higher-ranked kids, as you mentioned, Matt. They kind of hold all the leverage and hold the cards because, you know, if a kid's ranked a little bit lower and schools are recruiting multiple guys at that position, um, you know, you can, a lot of schools will put pressure on a kid to go ahead and commit and get the spot, but with players that are highly ranked and have options to pretty much go anywhere they want, uh, you know, the school's going to wait around for their commitment, and, you know, as much as people don't want to hear this, you know, if I'm a top 10, top 15 recruit, I would wait as long as I could to make a decision. Now, obviously, some guys go ahead and commit early because they don't like the process, and they want to just focus on their high school season, but a lot of players do play it out. I mean, looking back to Romeo's recruitment, he went all the way through his high school season and made his decision in the spring. It's a little bit different now with the transfer portal and how everything works with that, but you know, I also think that there's value in, in getting as much data as you can and letting the process play out, and if you do wait till spring, you kind of have an idea of you know, what each roster is going to look like. And as I said, if you're a top 15 player, uh, you're going to pretty much be able to go anywhere you want. So they're going to have to wait for you. And coaches obviously want to 
get things buttoned up as quickly as possible. But, you know, I just, honestly, unless you don't enjoy the process, I don't necessarily see what the huge rush or huge upside is of, of signing early uh, when you can pretty much wait as long as possible and make a decision. Talking with Alex Bozich inside the hall, you can read his work inside the hall.com and follow Alex on social media at inside the hall. Uh, Boogie Fland is a very interesting prospect. A lot of fans mm-hmm. have asked about him recently. We know that Mike Woodson was in New York for an in-home visit before he spoke at Boogie's high school for a coaching clinic. Uh, what's the handicap there? Is Indiana a real player, maybe with Kentucky in the race for Boogie Fland? Yeah, Kentucky's obviously prominent, uh, a prominent factor in, in his recruitment. He just took an official visit there. Um, you know, UConn's another school, I think, that's put in a lot of work. Maryland um, has also recruited him pretty hard. Indiana obviously had him for a visit over the summer, uh, and now has followed up with Mike Woodson speaking at a coach's clinic at his high school and, and did a, an in-the-home visit. Um, but I think Indiana's going to really need to get him back on campus for another visit this fall if they're going to ultimately end this commitment. Um, that's kind of my sense of the situation. And I know they're working to do that. He, he's an interesting prospect in that 24-7 actually dropped him quite a bit in their their recent rankings. I think they dropped him all the way down to number 33. So uh, maybe didn't have the strongest summer uh, in terms of playing in front of uh, some of the national folks, and, and I, I kind of value 24-7's opinion uh, pretty highly in terms of the rankings because I feel like they have the best team of, of people covering uh, recruiting. I mean, Eric Fossey and Adam Finkelstein and a couple other guys that kind of been doing it for a long time, and ratings are really subjective, but I just thought it was a little interesting that he fell. Um, but in terms of you know handicapping his recruitment, it's, it's been pretty quiet, but, but obviously... Uh, there's going to be buzz towards the school. Anytime you take a, a visit, a fall visit, in Kentucky was the most recent school to have him on campus, and it would make sense that he's getting uh, some buzz towards them. But I think Indiana's right there in the recruitment. But as I said, I think they're going to have to get him back on campus again this fall if they, if they want to secure his commitment. And, and hopefully uh, that's something that happens because, you know, this summer his visit they took was a junior year official, I believe, and this would be a senior year. So getting him on campus, an uh, additional time I think would really go a long way in India's chances. Talking with Alex Bozich, InsideTheHall.com. Alex, you're going through a very interesting exercise, exercise on the Inside the Hall website that you do each year. You're ranking the top players in the Big Ten Conference. And I think as I looked earlier this morning, uh, you were down to 10, 9, 8, 7, 6 that came out mm-hmm. yet just this morning. You've got the top five players in the conference still to come. Uh, take mm-hmm. us through where you're at from an Indiana perspective and maybe give some overall Big Ten flavor as you do that. Yeah, we've had three IU players in um, on the list so far. Xavier Johnson was 16, and then uh, Mbako, I think, was 22 or 23. I don't have it right in front of me, and then... Malik Renew was 25. Khalil Ware was another guy we considered. Um, gotten a little bit of pushback, I think, from some IU fans uh, that think that maybe that's too low for Xavier Johnson and why didn't you, you rank Khalil Ware? But obviously there's 14 Big Ten teams, um, and trying to rank a top 25 list 
is difficult. Uh, Dylan Burkhardt and I, uh, Dylan Burkhardt, who runs UM Hoops, a fantastic website, covers Michigan basketball. Started doing this probably, I don't know exactly the year, eight to ten years ago. Uh, we've had years where we've ranked guys like Christian Lander. Uh, you know how that turned out, Matt. We had a year where we didn't rank Kata Bates-Diop in the pre- preseason, and he won Big Ten Player of the Year. He was coming off of a, an injury. We've had some obvious misses. I mean, it's, it's not an easy thing to do, and um, this year, the top five or six players are, are pretty much clear-cut. After that, I think you have a lot of different guys who you can make an argument for anywhere in that seven to really 35, 40 range. Um, there's going to be guys who we didn't rank that end up probably on an all-Big Ten team. There's going to be guys that we ranked probably in the top 15 who underperform their expectations. That's just the nature of it. It's really hard to rank freshmen. Um, and Baco, obviously, talent-wise, is one of the best players incoming uh, to the Big Ten. But how do you really project what he's going to do as a freshman? Uh, I think Romeo, in recent years, is one of the higher-ranked Big Ten players that, we, that we've had as a freshman. And I think he made one of the All-Big Ten teams, but it wasn't one of the fir- it wasn't first team or anything like that. So it, it's it's a it's a difficult exercise. Um, Purdue is another team that's really difficult because you've got Zach Eady, who's the clear-cut number one player, and then you've got a bunch of other guys who are role players. How do you how do they fit into the mix? What what kind of team is Purdue actually? If you didn't have Zach Eady on the roster, um, I think he elevates the play of a lot of guys around him. We only had one other Purdue guy in the top twenty-five. I'm sure Purdue fans didn't love that, and, and obviously there's going to be some guys that we miss on and. It's more than anything else. It's just an exercise for us to get prepared for the season, get get familiar with rosters and players, and also just to create some discussion. I mean, kind of shows the the passion of Big Ten fans that people are arguing on social media and giving us feedback and everything. And we're the first to admit that you know we don't we're not going to get it all right. And uh, you know we openly uh, acknowledge the fact that we've had plenty of big misses over the year, but it's, it's not an easy thing to do once you actually. Put, start putting a list down on paper after you get past, I think, five or six, it becomes really difficult to do. Talking with Alex Bozich inside the hall. Alex, NBA, I know you tracked it very closely last year, at least until the IU season and college hoops got underway. Um, am mm-hmm. I right? I think Romeo said this when he was back in town. Things started Monday, Tuesday for NBA preseason workouts and I guess tryouts for lack of better term is that the right time frame that uh, for the NBA I don't know exactly what different teams are doing I, I, I know training camp starts uh, later this this month uh, I talked with Scott Agnes who covers the Pacers recently because I'm going to have him on our podcast later this month and he he mentioned that training camp really gets going uh, I think later in September so that uh, yeah that'll all get going here pretty quick um, I didn't. Uh, I didn't hear uh, what Romeo's comments were. Was he? Did he speak to somebody when he was back in town, Matt? Or where did where that, that come from? No, he ran in. We ran into him in town here. I, I think he said Monday of this week when he got back or went to Utah that the actual on the court stuff started. So it sounds mm-hmm. like it's it's here for the NBA. Could have been workouts. Could have been preparation. Other things. But I think the NBA early season stuff gets going very soon. That's good. That that's good to know. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, like I said, I think the official start of training camp later in the month, but maybe some teams want guys in early doing stuff. And 
I think with him, probably he's probably trying to do everything he can to to be in the gym and show that he's uh, working as hard as he can to secure one of those last roster spots because it sounds like to me that it's going to be uh, not an uphill battle, but it'll, it'll be difficult for him. I think to to get you know as, a, as an exhibit ten contract player, um, you know, you're, you're guaranteed nothing. You really have to come out in those preseason games and how you play in training camp. I think mean a lot. So looking forward to following how things go for him and I think worst case scenario he he ends up in the G League but I think I've said this before Matt I don't know that that would be the worst thing for him to get some some more reps and the, the most frustrating thing following his career so far has just been the lack of consistent minutes and I'm sure he probably feels the same way would he love to be earning an NBA contract and being a part of a team sure but he also needs to get up get to an opportunity where he's actually going to get on the court and play some Absolutely. All right, Alex Bozich inside the hall with us Thursdays. Alex, it'll be time for Hoosier Hysteria. Before you know it, exhibition games, the season will be here, so we're almost to the college basketball season. And before I let you go, got any thoughts on IU Louisville football? I know it's not what you cover, but you can't you pay attention to it from a distance. You, any prediction yeah. on what, what we might see this Saturday? Uh, you know, I think it's going to be a Tough, tough day for Indiana. Um, you know they're still trying to think. I think figure things out with the quarterback situation. Obviously, Taven Jackson has been named the starter, but this is uh, going to be you know the first kind of true test um, against a, an opponent that you know that they're somewhat evenly matched with. You know, you kind of saw out the Ohio State game uh, that was kind of played uh, conservatively. I feel like from both teams and Ohio State didn't really try to show too much and Indiana didn't either. You know, Indiana basically just played not to get blown out uh, rather than playing to win, whereas this weekend I think they're going to have to come out and play really well. They're going to need really good quarterback play. And, you know, Jeff Brom's been one of the best offensive coaches in college football for a while now. He's very familiar with Indiana. He really had Indiana's number the last several years when he was the Purdue coach. So I think it's going to be a – a very tough game for Indiana. I think the one thing that does give them a chance is their defense has been pretty good so far. They're going to really need to, to play well, maybe force some turnovers and score uh, off of you know some, any mistakes that, that Louisville makes because I just don't know how well they're going to be able to, to move the ball um, down the field with the passing game at this point, but just based on what we've seen from the quarterback play. So it should be a good atmosphere, um, good game. I know there's been some controversy from uh, the fan bases in terms of going back and forth about canceling the series. So that's a whole other topic, but it looks like this is going to be the only game that they play, so hopefully it's a good one. Absolutely. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Alex, thank you. Yep. Thank you, Matt. Talk again next week. This segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Don't forget three locations, two in downtown New Albany, their newest location, uh, on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. We'll head to a commercial break. Coach Steve Kerberg, great friend of high school basketball and sports here in our community, is coming up next. We'll think ahead to the high school basketball season. We'll talk about what goes on in the fall as far as basketball goes as teams get ready for the season. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Thursday edition of the program. If you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison wherever you listen to podcasts, and you will find us there. We're glad to have you, whether you listen live on the Big X or on demand via podcast. Appreciate you being with us. Local sports, important to us here on the show. High school football and fall sports well underway and we're all excited about basketball. Yes, college basketball is fun, but locally high school basketball remains a big deal. And Steve Kerberg, former coach in the area, great basketball guy with lots of knowledge, going to join us throughout the season. We've kind of been getting it started a little early the last few weeks, talking some preseason headlines and thinking ahead to Jeffersonville and Providence and some of the teams that could be the best here in the area next season. Coach Kerberg is with me again today, and Coach, you know, this fall time, we discussed last week, it's so important to get these early practices and workouts in. But generally, overall, uh, it was a wild offseason for coaching changes. And so for some of these new guys that are inheriting uh, new programs, coming into new situations, the fall, extra important to get these workouts and two-day-a-week practices in with your new guys. Hey, thanks for having me back, Matt. Uh, Yeah, you couldn't have said it any better I, I was thinking about it yesterday um in the 1a sectional i think there's only three of the same coaches from last year so you have you have three brand new coaches i believe if my numbers are right in that sectional and then i think in the four the 4a sectional I mean, you could probably help me with that but i think you have maybe four new coaches uh, bedford and jennings county new albany floyd central um i think yeah four of the six are are, are have changed so uh, and, and you know some of the other schools the same way. It, it's um, it, it's a it's a great time I think to work on your system and to get to get better at the little things. But um, it, I think I think it's a gift from the IHSAA to be able to um, to be so much further along um, when the season starts and the, when the first official practices start in November to be able to ha- have a lot of your your main stuff in. Steve Kerberg, my guest, talking high school basketball for the upcoming season. Um, you know, it's tough to be a coach nowadays, Steve. As a former head coach, you had a lot of success and an assistant at two of the bigger programs and better programs in the area, Jeff and New Albany. Uh, you've seen firsthand uh, both sides of that. Uh, can you talk about some of the challenges of being a coach? Uh, it's a year-round gig these days. Parents are tough. Players have a lot of different people in their heads. It's not just the high school coach anymore. Uh, it's a tough gig, and I think that could probably be said for all high school and youth sports coaching opportunities. Well, you know, I, I think you don't understand what coaching is until you're a part of it, first of all, or what really goes into it day and uh, day after day. But then you don't understand head coaching unless you're a head coach. And, uh my good friend Hayden Casey at Christian Academy, he was an assistant coach for me, and he ended up getting the head coaching job at Christian Academy. And 
I would tell him before before he got the job that you're going to see that it's a whole a whole different role being the head coach. And I, I think what people don't see a lot of times on the outside is the things that you deal with day to day. You may get a call before the school day ends that, that, that someone has an injury or somebody's sick and gone home and can't practice or can't be at a game that day or have a great have a great issue that you 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 thought you were on top of and you didn't you didn't see it coming and you have to deal with that or you may you you know uh, nobody really wants to talk about it but then you also have to uh, you also have to set boundaries and, and there's there's issues with parents um, you see it all across the country right now I was really honestly blessed and fortunate with the parents that I had at my time as a head coach um, but but it can be it can be a challenge in that regard too and that. That doesn't even count all the hours that you spend scouting. That doesn't count all the, the, the hours you spend preparing for a practice and thinking about constantly, you know, what what can we get better at? Something I struggled with sometimes was just taking that home with me because you'd have a tough loss that you put all that time into and then you, you, you carry that with you. And, man, I'm just it's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, just all the things that go into with, with – you know, being a head coach, you're you're constantly trying to think of ways to to, to get your team to be better, um, and and it's uh, man, it, it's uh, you feel like if you get one thing going in the right direction, then you're hit with a curveball that you didn't see coming, and uh, it, it's uh, it's it's really hard to it's really hard to explain unless you've experienced it. Um, but the, the flip side of that, there's nothing like it. I mean, to be able to to work with young people and to to mold, to mold their lives and to to help them get where they want to go and then to experience the game nights and the crowds and the popcorn and everything else. Uh, I took last year off, and, uh, man, I, I'm missing it right now. So, uh, that, that, you know, we could talk more specifically about uh, or maybe about a specific topic within that, but it is a real challenge, and, uh, you know, you don't do it for the pay. You don't do it for the glory or the fame. You do it because you love young people and you love the game of basketball. And um, it, it's uh, it's something you got to want to do. It, you know, I don't think people realize necessarily the pay that coaches get in high school. I think they'd be surprised at that. Um, you know, especially when you throw in summer basketball. I know. I'm sorry. This is a long answer, but you throw in summer basketball. And, you know, we play 30, 30 games in the summer, and you're traveling around the state. And uh, you, again, you have to want to do it. And man, we, Matt, you could attest to it more than anybody. We are blessed with some of the finest uh, high school coaches, I think, in the country. With with the coaches that we have in in the state of Indiana, uh, girls and boys basketball coaches in Southern Indiana, uh, we 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 are we are really blessed to be able to see a high level of coaching for the high school for high school level yeah good good stuff there steve kerberg with me we're talking about high school basketball in the area steve's going to join us throughout the season each week as we talk about teams and coaches and players and storylines and we're getting started early kind of a chance to talk about some general topics but uh good stuff there coach kerberg you said you miss it um, you got a very unique chance to be the head coach and help turn the program around and find a lot of success at Christian Academy. And then you went to be an assistant coach for a legendary coach in Jim Shannon, who has since retired. But talk about that transition very briefly as we wrap things up today. I think that's interesting. 
That is that is a great topic. You know, I, I got to spend six years at Jeffersonville as an assistant with Tim LaGrange and Jimmy Just, two two phenomenal coaches um, that I got to learn a lot from. And the Christian Academy job came open. And I think there had been eight to ten coaches in 15 years there. And um, I, I really wanted to see the school that I went to um, be successful. So, I, you know, I applied for the job. And that, that is a, that's a good story in itself. But uh, – uh, was it was able to have some success there um but you got to give the players credit for that i was thinking about it yesterday i think i had six a thousand six thousand point scores in nine years at christian academy that might be some kind of record or something but uh re- really blessed about that but you run a program and you develop a culture and uh you have your ways of doing things and um you get so you know comfortable and 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 um in the ways that you do things. And then, then I decided to um, help and run it, run a security company now. But, uh, you know, coach Shannon asked me to come over to new Albany. And then you go over to a new program and coach Shannon's been running his program the way that he likes to run it for a long time. So when you come as an assistant, I think you're, you're, you need to be there to serve and to listen. He, he was fun. He was phenomenal at listening to my thoughts and, uh, my suggestions and uh, you know I think from a head coaching perspective and an assistant coaching perspective you have to uh, a head coach has to be willing to listen to their assistants and give them responsibilities and and opportunities but an assistant coach I think is there to serve and follow the, the vision of the head coach and to um, and to really support and not undermine what they're trying to do um, because that you know you, you when you put that's one of the hardest things to do. I wish we had more time to talk about that. One of the hardest things to do is put together a coaching staff in high school because, again, you're not you're not able to pay assistant coaches very much. They have to be available at about three o'clock every day. You know, they have to know the game of basketball, and you, you put together a coaching staff, and it ends up becoming a team in itself. And then when you can put together a good coaching staff, um, you're going to see that that uh, reflected on the floor on Friday and Saturday nights. Uh, not just with X's and O's, but also with team culture, I think. Absolutely. Good stuff from Steve Kerberg. Coach, it's great to have you with us here on the show. Looking forward to the season, and we'll continue these conversations moving forward. Hey, man, I, I must have did okay last week for you to have me back, man. But <laughs> I, Absolutely. I, I, I appreciate it, man. I love your show. Thank you. All right. Steve Kerberg with me here on this Thursday edition of the show. We'll head to a commercial break. Excuse me, that's going to wrap things up for our Thursday program. Uh, So we will not be back. I'm all all, uh, confused here. But uh, thanks for being with us. Have a great Thursday. Remember, no show on Friday. I am out tomorrow for some work stuff. But we will be back on Monday. We'll have a big IU Louisville football game to recap and a lot more. Thank you. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.